find this podcast and others like it at the number one new media network, Podshow.com. Better, Better, faster, faster, stronger. stronger. And now with new minty fresh scent. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast, episode 19, Gideon. Today we're going to talk about Gideon coming from the book of Judges. And Gideon is one of my favorite, if somewhat obscure, people in the Bible. If you open your Bible to Judges 6, we deal with the story of Gideon. Judges is an interesting book. It's after the people of Israel have entered into the land of Canaan and before they have elected a king, which happens later on in the book of First Samuel. And there's a pattern that's evident in the book of Judges, and that is that the people forget about God, they turn their back on him, and he removes his protection from them, and some foreign people come in and oppress them. And so they cry out to the Lord, and the Lord appoints a judge, and the judge drives out whoever is oppressing them, and as long as that judge is alive, they remember God, that judge dies, and they again forget God and turn away and turn to other gods. And this is not the first time that it happens in the book of Gideon, and nor is it the last time. But Gideon, the story starts here in Judges 6. Again the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because of the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count the men and their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian was so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. When the Israelites cried out to God because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I snatched you from the power of Egypt and from the hand of your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the God of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. The angel of the Lord came down and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizurite where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But, sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us in the hand of Midian." The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength that you have, and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? But Lord Gideon said, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites together. Gideon replied, If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. 
Gideon went in, prepared a young goat, and from an epoth of flour he made bread without yeast. Putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot, he brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. The angel of the Lord said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock, pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. With the tip of his staff that was in his hand, the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Ah, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid, you are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day it stands in Ophrah of the Abizarites. That same night the Lord said to him, Take this second bull from your father's herd, the one that is seven years old, tear down your father's altar to Baal, cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on top of its this height. Using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and the men of the town, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. In the morning, when the men of the town got up, there was Baal's altar demolished, with the Asherah pole beside it cut down and the second bull sacrificed on the newly built author altar. They asked each other who did this. When they carefully investigated, they were told, Gideon's son of Joash did it. The men of the town demanded of Joash, bring out your son, he must die, because he has broken down Baal's altar, cut down the Asherah pole beside it. But Joash replied to the hostile crowd around him, are you going to plead Baal's case? Are you trying to save him? Whoever fights for him shall be put to death by morning. If Baal really is a god, he can defend himself when someone breaks down his altar. So that that day they called Gideon Jerub Baal, saying, Let Baal, Baal contend with him, because he broke down Baal's altar. Now all the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples joined forces across over the Jordan and camped in the valley of Jezreel. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. He blew a trumpet, summoning the Abizarites to follow him. He sent messengers throughout Manasseh, calling them to arms, and also into Asherah, Zebulun, and Naphtali. So they too went up to meet them. Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there is any dew only on the fleece, and on all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you said. And that is what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, Do not be angry with me. Let me make just one more request. Allow me to put one more test with the fleece. This time make the fleece dry and the ground covered with dew. That night God did so. Only the fleece was dry. All the ground was covered with dew. It's interesting that the first greeting that Gideon gets is peace to you mighty the Lord is with you mighty warrior because we find Gideon in this first part of the story and he is afraid he is afraid and therefore he is threshing in this unusual place of inside a wine press to try and keep the grain that he is threshing away from the Midianites and so we find him in fear he is told by God you should do this and he responds with but I'm just the littlest one. I'm the littlest one of the littlest tri- tribe, of the, the littlest clan of the half, littlest half-tribe, actually. Manasseh isn't even a full tribe of the 12 tribes of Israel. It's a half-tribe. And he says, I'm really not your guy, basically. And he says, 
Where is the Lord? And the Lord says to him, Am I not sending you? So Gideon is looking for a solution. Why hasn't God done anything? And the answer that God gives back is, You're the answer. Am I not sending you? I wonder how many times we look around and look at a particular problem and say, why doesn't somebody do something? Why doesn't God do something? And the answer is the same answer that Gideon gets. Am I not sending you? But Gideon is afraid. And Gideon, we find out, has every reason to be afraid. So he's told by God to go destroy these false gods that the people are worshiping, the Baal and the Asherah pole. And he, goes, and he does that, and he does it at night for fear of the people. He's afraid that they will be angry. Well, he, he's right. They are angry. In fact, they say to his father, bring them out so we can kill them. So he knew exactly what he was doing when he did it at night. He had reason to be afraid, but at least he did what he was told to do. God said, do this, and Gideon, though still afraid, goes and he does it. And it's interesting also to see that the patience that God shows with Gideon in this story because Gideon is not sure that this is really a message from God. And so in this first chapter of this two-chapter story, Gideon asks God for a sign. First he says, stay here and let me bring out an, a, an offering. And he comes and he brings out an offering and the angel touches the meat and the unleavened bread and fire flares up. Oh my gosh. And he realizes it's an angel of the Lord. Ah, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. He's afraid he's going to die. So he's had one big sign already, a pretty big sign. And yet later on, even after he's already called people, he's already destroyed the altar of Baal. He's destroyed the Asherah pole. He blows his trumpet. He gets everybody else ready to fight. They come and they join him. And he's still not sure. And he still asks God for two more tests. Let me make sure that this is you really talking to me, he says. And he does two different things. First of all, he puts this fleece on the ground, and we call this putting a fleece before the Lord, testing something that you're receiving from God. And you'll hear debates about whether it's something that you should do or shouldn't do, and how much should you test God and such. But Gideon certainly does it, and God is certainly patient with him. And he says, if you will save Israel out of my hand as you promised, look, I'm going to put the fleece down. Can you make the dew on the fleece but the ground dry? And God does it. So he says, well, that's that's pretty cool. But how about the opposite? Let's just double check this. It's a double blind test. He'd make a good scientist, this Gideon. And God does that too. And so Gideon now, at this point in the story, knows that this is God who's calling him to do something that he thinks is impossible that he thinks is beyond him. He, the littlest member of the smallest clan of the half-tribe, of the smallest tribe, is being asked to deliver Israel from the hand of the Midianites. And he isn't necessarily too keen on the whole thing, but at least he knows at this point that this is what God is telling him to do. And we're going to continue with the story of Gideon next week on the Bible Study Podcast. So come back, check out the show notes at thebiblestudypodcast.com and leave any comments if you have it, or send me an email at host at the Bible Study Podcast. And as always, thanks for listening.
the best and the brightest, served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Podshow and Limelight. I'm Don Hawkins, inviting you to be encouraged with my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You. To subscribe, go to lifeaudio.com.